We're in John chapter 5. Chapter 4 ends with Jesus healing the nobleman's son. And the faith and belief of the nobleman comes full circle. Where he went from hesitant belief by obeying Jesus' command, go your way, your son lives, to full belief when he receives news, his son lives. Sometimes we demonstrate partial faith, weak faith, but we become convinced when we hear and receive the very thing we ask for. This nobleman has placed what we would call tentative faith and belief in Jesus by obeying Jesus. He leaves when Jesus tells him to go his way. When the nobleman, when he can't convince Jesus to stop what he's doing, come to his place there in Cana and heal his son, uh, or maybe it's go to Capernaum, not Canaan. He can't persuade Jesus to heal his son the way he wants his son to be healed. What Jesus wants, however, is belief from this nobleman and his hometown people. Jesus wants his hometown to also believe. And Jesus gently rebukes the nobleman and the people. And he says, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Jesus brings this nobleman to believe with a command, go your way, your son lives. The nobleman, he obeys and he receives his son's life back. And then he fully believes. And it says not only does he believe, but his whole household believes. Now we come to John chapter 5. So let's read the first 15 verses of John chapter 5. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there in Jerusalem by the sheepskate, a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. That's a lifetime. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to him who was cured, 
It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. He answered them, He who made me well said to me, Take up your bed and walk. And then they asked him, Who is this man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn into a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. The man departed, told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. This feast there in Jerusalem is probably the Feast of Pentecost. It's where the Jews celebrate the giving of the law. It's sort of like here in America where we celebrate our Bill of Rights in the 4th of July. It's kind of a national holiday. Jesus went up to Jerusalem. That's not only a geographical statement because Jerusalem was built on a temple mount, but it was a higher call. You went up to worship God. Maybe you haven't noticed, and maybe you have noticed. When you come here to our church, you come up a little hill where we can worship. (laughs) It is kind of neat. But anyway, therefore we come up to church. But we have here in in our story the sheep gate, and that is where the animals for sacrifice were brought into the walled city of Jerusalem. And there... By this sheep's gate was the pool of Bethesda. Bethesda means house of mercy. It had five porches around the pool. And these were covered porches to give them shade in the heat of the day and so forth. But the five porches represent the Pentateuch. The first five books of the Old Testament or the five books of the law. And it's a graphic picture portrayal of the law in relating to the Jewish people. But laying in the shade of one of these porches, there was a great multitude. And you have the sick, you have the blind, you have the lame, and you have the paralyzed. And they're all waiting for one thing, the stirring of the water. This moving of the water was brought about by an angel, and the first one that stepped down into the pool was made well. How often was this stirring of the water? We don't know. We don't know. And, uh, but lying there near the pool in this helpless state was a man with an infirmity for 38 Years. You got to kind of let that sink in. 38 years this man has been in a sick condition. And this pool area was a place of pain and suffering. Might be like a giant emergency room in our hospitals. And you existed by friends and family bringing you food, clothing, provisions for life, there is you waited by the pool. Jesus comes on the scene and he sees this helpless, infirmed man. 
Was he the worst one there? We don't know. Maybe. Jesus knew about his condition, and it had been for many years or very long time. And Jesus asked him a question. Do you want to be made well? Are you tired of living and lying around waiting? The uh, infirm man, he doesn't answer Jesus' question. A simple yes would have sufficed. Just say yes. But he says, sir, I have no one to put me in the pool while I'm coming another steps down before me. That's really not an answer. and It's an excuse by this man for his condition. This infirm man, he has grown accustomed to living in this infirm state by the poolside. He's been handicapped for many, many years. 38 years. Now, if I would have been Jesus, I would have asked him, that is not the question I ask you. Do you have somebody to put you in a pool? I ask you, do you want to be made well? Jesus knows his infirmities, and he simply says, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately, the man is made well. And he takes up his bed and he walks. Now, this was a definite no-no to the religious leaders, the scribes, the Pharisees. According to their interpretation, no work was to be done on Sabbath. And who notices? All the Jewish leaders, all the religious leaders, they notice What's going on? And they say to this man, Hey, buddy, it's the Sabbath. What are you doing? It's not lawful for you to carry your bed. And I think out of fear, this infirm man, the fear being ridiculed, or even perhaps being excommunicated for breaking their law and walking and carrying that bed. They want to know, who told you to do this? Who told you to take up your bed and walk? But they, the, the man that's been healed, he can't locate Jesus. And he's, for Jesus is withdrawn into a multitude. And... He's looking around for Jesus, but he can't find him. But without a doubt, being confronted by the Pharisees and the rabbis and everything, this healed man now lays down that bed and finds his way into the temple. And that's where Jesus finds him again. Jesus now seeks him out a second time. We know he laid down his bed and stuff because you couldn't carry this kind of thing into the inner part of the temple to worship. And Jesus finds this man again, and he has a word for him. See, notice, 
observe, you have been made well. I've had compassion on you, and I've healed you. And then Jesus has that word for him. Now, sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. Some commentators believe that this man had some sort of sexually transmitted disease. Perhaps. We don't know for sure. But notice, Jesus is not through with this man. Jesus finds him there in the temple, and he tells him, You have been made well. Sin no more. Lest a worse thing come upon you. This infirmed man has been given an opportunity by Jesus to be a witness. He's to be a witness to the religious leaders about working on Sabbath. Jesus knew it was the Sabbath when he commanded him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And they say to the infirm man, who told you to do this? And he he simply say, I don't know what happened to him. This man is so caught up in his healing, he loses track of who healed him. He can't find Jesus. But Jesus finds him, and he rebukes him of his past sins. Sin no more. Meaning, he has sinned. And where does Jesus find them? In the temple. Interesting that sinners were in the temple. Interesting that we have sinners here in our fellowship. Look around you. Well, maybe not too close. <laughs> but uh, let's a worse thing come upon you. This man has been infirm. He's been a... Uh, Disabled for 38 years. He's laid by that pool for who knows how many years. But his healing comes by Jesus. Not by entering the stirring of the water in the pool. Jesus also tells him, take up your bed and walk. Jesus, he knows this will ruffle the feathers of the religious leaders, and I think he purposely wants to get them to think about it. The man, instead of him saying, hey, I have been healed, he tells the Jews, hold on, wait a minute. The one who healed me told me to take up my bed and walk. It's not my fault. This man did not give out praises to God, but he made, hey, I'm just doing what the one that healed me told me to do. So when the Lord works on our behalf, when he takes care of us, when he provides for us, when he heals us, what is our response? Do we sing the praises of a good doctor? Oh, I got good medical care, or it's my wholesome way of living. No sugars, no saturated fats. That's, that's what got me through this. 
or do we praise God, the one who made us? The healed man, after being rebuked by Jesus for sin, he departs from Jesus and he goes and he finds the Jewish leaders and he's got something to tell them. Hey, it was Jesus who made me well. He's the one who told me, take up my bed and walk. So don't blame me for working on the Sabbath. Jesus told me to. Now let's read verse 16. For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on Sabbath. For this reason, working on Sabbath, the Jews seek to kill Jesus. We'll look as we get into this further. I don't know if it'll be next week. We'll probably do a Christmas sermon next week. But we will see more about observing the Sabbath. It happens to be the only commandment of the Ten Commandments not repeated in the New Testament. Allow me to close with this statement. Jesus has done good works on the Sabbath. And he commanded the infirmed man to do works on the Sabbath. And the Jews want to kill Jesus basically for doing a good work. Consider that now. The healed man should be rejoicing, praising God, but he too can't wait to condemn the one who healed him. He runs to the Jews and tells them who it was that healed him. And in verse 17 there, Jesus says, My father has been working even today, and I have also been working. I'm so glad that our Lord will not allow the traditions of man to stop him from doing good works. Jesus constantly did and continues to do good works regardless of the opinion of mankind or holy days or observing holy days. And the Jews seek to kill Jesus for a good work. And this only shows their evil heart. Their heart is very evil. So we have a lesson here for us. We must determine to have a thankful, rejoicing attitude and heart for the good works our Lord does on our behalf. Recognize, recognize the goodness of our God to us, his people. And if he answers your prayer, and if he heals you, rejoice in the Lord. I'm not against good medical care, but I certainly want to be thanking my Lord when my body is healed, when he provides for me, when he meets my need. When he comes to my rescue, we sing about those things. Our Lord 
is a good Lord. Let's recognize him as a good God. Amen. Let me get you to stand. We'll close in prayer.